Good morning. It is time for another coaching podcast. And uh, yeah, we are uh, going to be looking at James chapter 4, verses 1 through 11 this week. It's, uh, it is one of those passages that I think um, when we dive in, we will see just how um, uh, how it has the potential to be super transformational for us, uh, especially if we take it seriously and if we don't get caught up in maybe some of, uh, I don't know, maybe some of James's tone, things along that line. Um, but if we will take it for what it is, uh, I think this is one of those passages that that challenges us and really will, um, I don't know, can, can really help us take some steps spiritually and help us grow in a way that is uh, maybe a bit deeper than than some other passages that we have to uh, that we have to wrestle with. So, I think as as we go into this, uh, the thing that I would really like for you to uh, be aware of is not to let people off the hook uh, in your in your communities this week. Uh, whether that's, I mean, we're we're on the Zoom, and so um, you know, if you are in a if you're leading in a breakout room, uh, don't don't let people off the hook. Don't let people sidetrack the conversation to ooh. You know, this this is kind of makes me uncomfortable and I'm not a bit I don't know if I really like how this is going. That's okay. That is James's point. Um his his point is is to make you uncomfortable in this passage. His point was to make people uncomfortable back then with what he was writing here. Uh, because he is just not pulling any punches. He is he's going all in. Um so uh, we'll we'll dive in here in just a second. A uh, couple of quick announcements. No doubt on tap this week, uh, this coming week, as we are into Thanksgiving week, and uh, so so no doubt on tap. Uh, my office hours thing that I tried uh, this week were uh, a bit of a bust. I mean, it was great to see Polly and Todd uh, there. Uh, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'm debating on whether or not to to continue that uh, after after the holiday. So we will see. Um, uh, knee jerk devotional stuff keeps being pretty good. I keep getting some good feedback from folks, so that's encouraging. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, Zoom information will be going out soon. It'll be going out via uh, the telegram group chats uh, it'll be on our facebook page and uh, the creekside facebook group uh, so if you hear of folks who need that information that is where you will be able to find it and um let's see you know really the only other thing by way of announcement is this uh, i am grateful for all of you i'm super thankful for uh, how you care for me, how you care for our family. Thankful that you guys are praying for us and uh, 
and are in it with us. So uh, thank you. I am beyond grateful. So with that, let's dive in, shall we? James chapter 4 verses 1 through 11 says this, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity with, against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell within us? But he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? This is God's word. Uh, pretty intense, right? Um, so, you know, I think the fallen condition focus uh, for this week uh, is that when conflict comes, we think it's the other person's fault, <laughs> right? I mean, you know, certainly it's not our fault. Certainly it's not our issue. Uh, but James here is really challenging them and saying, no, 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 no. It's, it's stuff that's going on in you. You need to deal with you. You, you have issues at the heart level. You have issues that you got to deal with. <clears throat> and I think that's Christ's redemptive purpose is that Christ calls us to do the work within us. We have to, we have to do this, this internal work, right? We have to sit in it. We have to deal with it. We have to process it. We have to acknowledge the reality of our divided minds. We have to acknowledge the fact that, you know, we are not as good or perfect or wonderful as we think we are. Uh, we, we need to humble ourselves. Uh, we need to have a right understanding of ourselves before God. This is what James is calling us to. And so I think, you know, maybe a message, big idea would be peace is found within. <laughs> when we, when we do the work, when we do the work, that internal work that we need to, to wrestle with, that we need to do, then we can experience peace. We can experience the shalom of God, right? We can know this peace because too often we think of peace as peace and quiet of, of just kids shutting up, leaving us alone, not bothering us. But this, 
this this peace here that James is talking about uh, is is a call to wholeness, and and we can experience it uh, when we do the work that, that needs to happen in us. So, uh, attached to today's commentary notes uh, are a whole bunch of different discussion questions. I hope they're helpful. Uh, in your breakout rooms, uh, I think again, uh, you could probably. Uh, I think you can. I think you can live with the five big questions, but I know that uh, you may not be comfortable doing that. And so, hopefully, hopefully the questions uh, that are added uh, will be helpful. Uh, so, all right. So what's what's happening here? Well, verses one through three, uh, the heart issue. Right In these first three verses, James highlights the hard reality that much of the conflict in our lives is due to our own sin-sick hearts. Where is the sin-sickness rooted? It's rooted in our selfish desires. Now, the word desires here is the Greek word that from which we get hedonism. So he is painting a picture of immature childlike selfishness. Uh, can't you? I mean, you can, you can picture it, right? You know? Uh, you desire, but you do not have, so you kill, you covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not, like, it's this, it's this whole thing of, like, kid, like, the, the image that comes to my head is just a kid who's just whining and throwing a temper tantrum. Um, and, you know, and we have to understand here the words, you know, this idea of, of killing and, and that kind of, like, he's not actually talking about physical violence. He's not talking, he's not saying that people are necessarily out there killing each other over stuff. But on a broad scale, on a community scale, on a societal scale, we see that, right? Like we do see uh, countries do not have uh, something. And so what do they do? They go start a war with the country that does have it and and they go take it from them. So, you know, or uh, so, so I think we, I think we can see, actual violence in this, but James in particular, I think here is talking not so much about physical violence, but, but kind of how words kill words matter. Right. Um, and, uh, and so he's, he, what he's doing here is he is unveiling, he's unveiling for them, uh, their practical atheism. They do not have, because they do not ask, uh, they do not ask God. But their response is like he's preemptively thinking, okay, their response is going to be, well, when we do pray, we don't get what we want. Well, he says, yeah, you don't receive because you're not asking with good motives. You're asking with the wrong motives. Um, and, you know, and what are they? Well, you want you want to spend what you get on your pleasures, right? So here here we're tapping into some of this, this conversation that some people have about prayer and about um well, what if I want the Maserati? What if I want the fancy car? What if I want the clothes, the house, the cash? He's saying, yeah, don't ask, you know, asking God for that is not going to get it for you because that's not how God works. God, we, when we pray, we need to be praying with, with right motives. So again, we get back to this means thing that we talked about last week means matter more than the ends. How are we praying? How are we engaging with God? How are we 
Uh, how are we interacting with him? Right? Why are we asking for our own pleasures or to please the Father? Like this, this is the question that that stands before us. So these means, the, the means of this really, really matters. So we have this heart issue. Uh, and then in verses four and five, we have the action issues. Uh, you know, he says the people that he's writing to are cheating on God. <laughs> they're, they're committing adultery, right? Peterson says it this way. Oh, and, and by way of note, um, the message for this passage is money. It is so good, you guys. Um, what what Peterson is doing uh, with with this passage in particular, uh, he has he has written a targum, and what a targum is, it's an ancient, uh, it's not that ancient, but it's a it's a Jewish uh, method of of translation, and so when uh, you know in the kind of the Middle Ages or so, late you know when uh, Hebrew had been lost. Uh, by by the by the masses, uh, what the rabbis would do is they would uh, they would read the Hebrew, they'd read the Torah in Hebrew, and then they would translate and teach all at the same time. And this became known as as as, tar, as the Targum. And, and James has written uh, verses verses four through twelve. Man, they are they are Targum and they are beautiful. And I. I, you know, you could, you could probably just read it and be like, what do you guys think? And then move on and be done with, <laughs> with comfort. I mean, truly, um, I would encourage you guys to, to spend some time reading through, uh, these verses in the message this week. So, uh, how does Peterson put, uh, verse four, he says, you're cheating on God. If all you want is your own way, flirting with the world, every chance you get, you end up enemies of God this way. Uh, so the images that Peterson invokes remind us that God is active in our lives in the world. Yet, we don't trust that God will care for us or meet our needs. So what do we do? We flirt with the world. Some easy ways to see how this has surfaced in the modern church culture, for example, is the way that many churches have embraced a market approach to building churches, right? They hire marketing experts to figure out what people desire, and then they meet that need. Uh, now, this, this plays out in our personal lives too, doesn't it? Uh, we trust in ourselves as opposed to God. We scheme and scam our way to what we consider prosperity. Um, or how does this play out in our relationships where we practice manipulation as opposed to simply, simply entering in with someone and trusting that God will meet us there. We can trust that God will meet us there because the spirit lives in us. The indwelling spirit is ever present and ever caring, Right? I mean, he says in verse five, do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us? Like the spirit of God is in us. And so, so God is, God is sad. I mean, the, the image here is that God is sad when, when we don't turn to him, when we try to manipulate and scheme and scam our, our way to make things work. So uh, we can question is before us. Will we trust God uh, or will we practice a practical atheism? Now, verses six through 10, uh, we get, we get the remedy. How do we, how do we move beyond self-centered ways of living? 
Well, we come back uh, to really what I think for what's becoming clear to me that is James's uh, central focus of this letter. Stop being double minded. Right. Stop being double minded. When we do, we are able to experience grace upon grace. I mean, you know, verse six, but he gives us more grace. That's why scripture says God opposes the proud, shows favor to the humble. I mean, you know, we, we can experience grace upon grace if we would just stop, if we would just stop and trust God just for a minute. And so James offers us insight into what true repentance looks like. So repentance, remember, this word means just turning, changing, transforming. Uh, how do we, how do we turn the corner? Um, and it's it's the hum, it's humbling ourselves. Remember, humility is the right understanding of ourselves before God. So when we realize that we've been living out of our selfish desires, we must turn from self back to God. We need to regain our single-mindedness and our singular focus of our worship. Stop giving. Worship is giving of yourself, right? So so what are we giving ourselves to? Are we giving ourselves to the world? Or are we giving ourselves to God? We, we can't give ourselves both ways. We, it's a singular it's a singular focus, single-mindedness. So as we walk through this, uh, just again, a reminder, some folks might get caught up in James's tone. It's strong and may make some, it may make some feel really offended. Uh, but remember the context. He's talking to people who are cheating on God. They are addicted to the world. Sometimes we need strong words to shake us out of our stupor. I mean, think about it. If you are talking with a friend who is cheating on their spouse, are you going to just be all gentle and insensitive? No. Not if you love them. Not if you care for them. Not if you love their spouse. Not if you care for their spouse. Not if you care for their marriage. You're going to be like, stop. <laughs> right? You're, you're going you're gonna to speak strong words. This is what James is dealing with here. So what are the steps? Well, Step one, submit to God, right? This is a, a trust God moment. This is a um, stop, stop submitting to yourself, stop submitting to the world, submit to God. Look to God and say, I trust you. I trust you. Second step, resist the devil. What I love here is that if you resist the blah, 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 I can't talk. If you resist the devil, he will flee. <laughs> the devil is so weak. He's so, it, it, the devil is, uh, has so little power. And yet so many Christians give the devil so much power. But you don't need to. Just a little bit of resistance. And James says the devil will flee. Come near to God. That's the third step. Come near to God. And what is the result? If you come near to God, he will draw near to you. How beautiful is that? Right? We've been, James James is talking to people who he says have been, uh, you know, cheating, cheating on God. And yet, if we submit ourselves to, to God, if we resist the devil... If we draw near, if we come near to God, he will draw near to us. We wash our hands. Uh, that is 
that that's a it's an illustration for change your behavior change what's happening on the outside right sometimes sometimes you have to fake it till you make it uh, there are times when you know what the right thing to do is and you just have to do it and so as you uh, as you wash your hands as you change the behavior uh, on the outside um, that that is that is such a huge step. Fake it till you make it. Do the right thing. Purify your hearts uh, is the next step. So that that's that's doing the work in you. That is doing that deeper work. That that work in your in your soul. That soul spirit kind of work. Uh, and that's 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 hard. That's hard. Uh, grief. You see, when we recognize how we've hurt another person, let alone God, grieving is important to move forward toward a restored relationship. When you are doing, when we do the work in us, when we do that heart work, uh, oftentimes the response is grief, sadness, heartache, because we recognize how we've failed. And that's hard. Uh, but grieving, grieving is important and it, and it is it is a necessary step. Humble yourself. Recognize again who you are before God. And as you do, what does it say? He will lift you up. How beautiful is that, right? Um, so uh, those, are, those are the steps. Uh, and, then, and then we get into some application, I think. Um, you know, I, I, think, I think James is saying, all right, um, you know, so... So let's let's look at this in an applied way. You are slandering each other. Stop it. Stop slandering each other. Stop judging one another. When you do, you are you are putting yourselves in the place of God. Um, he says, you know, he says when you judge another person, when you're slandering another person, you are putting yourself in position to judge the law and not keep it. That's a, that's a big statement here, right? He says, there is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? So we, uh, again, uh, this, is, this is a way for us to take our temperature. It's a way for us to say, okay, how am I doing? Am I, am I submitted to God? Am I coming near to God? Am I washing my hands? Am I purifying my heart? Have I humbled myself, right? Um, if so, then what am I not going to be doing? I am not going to be slandering, judging, or speaking against uh, my neighbors. So if I'm, if I'm engaged in some of that stuff, then I need to go back here, and I need to walk back through this process and, 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 and do more work, right? I think, this is, I think this is what James is getting at. So, uh, you know, but you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Man, none of us are in that position. None of us, none of us are God. So none of us are in a position to judge our neighbor. Um, all right, that is, that's it. I hope this is helpful uh, as you prepare to lead a breakout room uh, this Sunday, hopefully. Hopefully we'll see a few more people uh, on the Zoom call this Sunday. Uh, if not, that's okay. Uh, we will uh, we will meet and spend time together with whoever who 
whoever's there. And, uh, and those are the folks that, that God wants there. And those are the folks that, that need to hear uh, what it is that, that we're going to be talking about here in James 4, 1 through 11. So, um, yeah, again, if there is anything else that you need in this podcast that would be of help to you, please let me know. I want this to be a value add and not a time suck. So, uh, so yeah, I think that's it. I think that's all I've got for you this week. Uh, know how much I care for you. Know how thankful I am f- for you. Uh, you are the best leaders a pastor could hope for. So thank you. And uh, until until we talk, love well, friends.